Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is September 9th, 2016, but I am actually recording this on September 8th. Uh, I've got to be traveling during the time of the normal recording, and so I wanted to make sure and have something to go up live then. And so here we are. I'm actually traveling to a wedding that's out of town, and that's why I cannot do the show during normal hours. So for those of you who typically typically watch live, I do apologize. Uh, we should be back with regularly scheduled programming next week. Uh, tip, and for those of you who've never watched live, uh, we do it every Friday around 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. And there's a chat room, and there's a whole bunch of people joining in, and it's a lot of fun. But 11 a.m. Friday is when it's usually going live. But let's just dive right in, shall we? Even though it was a shorter week, still a lot going on. Uh, Throt World first. Uh, we posted up kind of an update to the Throt Premium stuff. We didn't get comments launched this week. Actually, they're not going to launch this week. I'm almost positive. Uh, based on some actually not bugs or anything, the functionality is all done and it's looking great. Um, but what we wanted to add, which we didn't initially plan for, are social login. Uh, you know, you like click the Twitter button to login, click Facebook to login. Uh, it really just gives a better experience for the comments. And we want to try to make the transition from discuss over to the new platform as easy as possible. And we really think that is going to be a barrier for some people. So we kind of delayed things, not even really delayed, just we wanted to make sure that that functionality was locked down and, and in place before we went live with the new comments. So for those of you who asked where they were, uh, that is exactly where they are. Uh, the daily podcast with Paul and I that we will be doing uh, is going to be starting here very soon. We're making good progress. No official dates yet, but once we get everything locked down, um, <clears throat> you know, you'll definitely hear it right away because we're totally pumped about doing this. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be every single day, at least every single day that we can, Monday through Friday, uh, to the best of our ability. And maybe we should run a little counter to see how many days consistently we can do it in a row. Because things like traveling, like Ignite, for example, uh, Ignite is, uh, what, two weeks away? three weeks away, whatever that is. That's like a perfect example. Paul and I are both going to be traveling. While it's great that we can do things together, uh, hauling all that equipment to Ignite can be a pain in the butt. So we're going to have to try to be creative and figure out how to do those sort of things. Uh, this week was shorter in the U.S. Uh, well, not technically shorter, but the work week was shorter by one day. Monday was a holiday here in the United States, which accounts for a kind of slower day, uh, slower beginning of the week. But there still was a lot going on. Um, some big news drops about the Surface hardware for the month of October and all that good stuff. And the best news of week of all that impacts none of you is that my home internet is finally fixed. That got fixed uh, actually during the Apple keynote. It was great. It was lovely. I now have uh, 300 down, 75 up, and it makes life a lot easier for podcasting because uploading these files, uh, for just, you know, fun fact, an average sized file of the Sam's report, the video is about one and a half to about 1.75 gigs. And so it takes uh, a good 20 minutes, half hour to upload to YouTube. So I'm really going to be curious to see if with the faster connection, if it's going to upload faster to see whether or not YouTube puts sort of a limit on how fast you can upload. But, you know, uh, that's for me to deal with, not for you to worry about. And But where that really plays into effect is when Paul and I are doing this every single day and we're trying to upload it to our CDN, right? Speed issues. All right, let's dive in. So what's going on this week? Uh, diving in actually to last month, Windows 10 for the month of August actually had 23% of mark, 23% of the market share. And so that's actually pretty good. So that's, you know, we're, we're getting close to that. One in four PCs uh, is running Windows 10. And this is all PCs, by the way, connected to the internet. And so again, it is a survey, but this comes from NetShelter uh, or NetMarket, uh, NetMarket, whatever it is, uh, NetMarketShare, there it is. NetShelter is an old advertising company I used to work or deal with at Neuen. Uh, NetMarketShare. 
and they're pretty well respected. They've got a very large sample size. So when they say that about 23% uh, of machines connected to the internet are running Windows 10, totally believe them. Windows 7 remains uh, flat, just a shade under uh, 50%, but Windows 10 growing at 23%. I do think their growth is going to slow here a little bit, mostly because the free upgrade offer is now gone. So that's obviously gonna impact some people, but, where their big growth is actually really going to come from is actually just new devices, right? OEMs kick out a new machine and it's got to run Windows 10. Intel and AMD announced new chips and those things, those new chips do not support Windows 7, which realistically, let's just be honest here, nobody's going to run Windows into Windows 8 voluntarily, uh, at least for the vast majority. I know as soon as I said that, that some sort of reader, some reader will email and say, you know what? I like Windows 8 and I'm not upgrading to 10. That's fine. Good for you. But for the vast majority of people, it's either 7 or 10. And with hardware now not being able to run Windows 7, at least supported from that aspect, it's really going to kind of push people to Windows 10. And if you're buying a new PC, it's coming with Windows 10, whether or not you really like it. Uh, so that's really going to be the big driver. My, my gut tells me that the enterprise is still going to be considering considerable lag. I bet I honestly realistically think we're probably another two years away before we see like really hardcore enterprise adoption. I'm talking like the Procter and Gamble's, the Kroger's, the Walmart's of the world uh, of those guys actually moving to Windows 10 in full. Remember, they might say we're starting the migration and I guarantee as soon as they do, Microsoft will put out a PR and be like, hey, look, these large companies are doing it, but it's going to take them a very long time to actually get on fully to the platform. So that's where potential growth could come from, at least in the long term. But in the short term, new devices is what's going to be primarily fueling because who's going to pay to upgrade Windows 10 now when they had a free year to do it and they didn't. So there you go. It was 22.99% is what was officially reported. But that was also for the month of August. We're a couple days in, uh, you know, a week into September. So it's pretty safe to say at least 23%. And I would be, I'm going to be real curious to see if we get up to that magical 25% in the month of August or September. So that is Windows 10 market share. What else is going on? Um, there was no Windows Insider build this week, even though technically this week is not over yet. Uh, Microsoft Donna actually said, hey, there's no build this week. What they're doing is they're, they're making some upgrades on the back end. And I'm curious to see if this is going to have any changes on the Insider program, uh, like if they're going to speed things up or what their real plan is here. Or, or is this really just, hey, we're just, you know, putting in new hardware and pulling the old stuff out. So we got to, you know, we can't, you can't flight anything as they typically call it. So I'll be curious to see what is actually going to come of this and what they kind of have up their sleeves. But no insider builds this week. Look for that to resume next week. So it sounds like there is a build already planned for next week. But that is this week. I think everybody will be okay without a build for this week. Um, big news actually out of the Skype team. Big news. This is really huge. Uh, scooped up by, what was it, MS Power User, uh, formerly Windows or whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, MS Power User. Uh, got some information that Skype is actually building a Slack competitor. So there was a rumor or some insider information, whatever you want to call it a little bit ago, that Microsoft was approaching Slack for about $8 billion. I might be off on that figure, but essentially the deal did not work out. Microsoft did not get internal support, actually, I think is where it got killed. And so they never approached Slack. And their, their kind of remarks to this was, hey, we're going to build something internal. We've got the technology. We've got the people to do it. Let's do it ourselves. And what it looks like is going to be called Skype Teams, or, you know, they could rebrand it at any time, but I believe it's going to be part of the Skype platform. And if you know what Slack is, 
it's the it's essentially the same thing but in the skype world so this will be really interesting um i'm actually kind of excited to use this even though i rail on skype all the time you know it, hopefully they're starting fresh here and they're going to do this right and if they do, I think it's going to be really powerful, mostly because there's already 300 million people, monthly active users, already using Skype. So by using that same, um, at least like, mechanism to get people into that into the application, it should be pretty easy. It's not like Slack where you have to get everyone into it. Everybody's already there. So it, it's got threaded uh, comments. It's got the rooms. It's got your. It's got bot support. It's got uh, GIFs or GIFs, whatever you want to call them. Um, it, it, it's Slack, but Microsoft, right? So I'm really interested in this. I want to see if Microsoft can do this right and actually, you know, kind of say, hey, because I, and see them just kind of go, hey, we can actually build this kind of software because Slack is eating Microsoft's lunch. Now, granted, these types of applications, uh, I've heard time and time again, work better in the small business environment, small team. And ironically, I know people at Microsoft who actually use Slack. So go figure, Microsoft is actually already paying Slack for, for those accounts, but it's a, it's a messaging, it's a productivity tool, it's a collaboration environment, and people tend to love it. And so Microsoft is going whole hog on this and building their own, and I don't know when it's going to be released. I wish I did. I hope that it's soon. At least I hope they kick out a beta here pretty quick. Um, they've got an internal video uh, floating around. You can actually visit, I believe it's teams.skype.com and you can see like the login place. But unless you have an app Microsoft account, good luck. If you do have an app Microsoft account and you do get to log in, shoot me a message. Uh, Snapchat, BD Sams, Twitter, BD Sams, whatever. And we'll work it out. I'm just curious to kind of see uh, how far along the application is at this point and when Microsoft thinks they're going to get it out. Because clearly at this point, uh, the clock is ticking because Slack, every every time somebody pays for Slack, that's money Microsoft isn't getting. And clearly they want to own the productivity space. So Skype Teams is coming. We don't have a release date. I wonder if they'll talk about it at Ignite. Uh, I, I don't know if that's really a place where they, they're going to announce this kind of stuff, but this seems to be a big deal. So maybe maybe we'll see it in a keynote. Who knows? Who knows Microsoft? Microsoft always keeps us on our toes. They're always working on crazy things, and Skype Teams appears to be one of them. So if you know anything, let me know. Uh, but yeah, Skype Teams coming soon. Another thing I want to dive into here is uh, I got pinged on Twitter, and I apologize because I cannot remember who it was. Um, started complaining about Microsoft abandoning health. And I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of an interesting topic. And so I, there's probably going to be a post on Throt here. I'm actually waiting, to be honest, for a comment back from Microsoft on the topic. But, okay, so Microsoft, uh, it was in October of, I believe, 2014. They launched Health. And if you remember Health, it's like they made this big thing. It's like this platform. It's where you can dump all of your uh, your Microsoft band. And, and they, they're talking about how anybody can tap into their health uh, ecosystem and use the health application environments that are on, you know, iOS and all that good stuff and Android and Windows Phone and, and Windows 10. But earlier this year, and I, I can't believe, I can't remember if Microsoft officially said this, but it's all but known that Microsoft killed the production of the band too. So there's no band in production. If you go to Best Buy, they don't even have it. I, I was searching their site. All they have are extra cables and little screen protectors. And so the band two has been discontinued, no longer being made. Which kind of is odd that we don't have we haven't heard anything about a band three, and we'll talk about this later. That there is there's really no rumors yet about a band three. We know that there were quality issues with the band two, especially like literally the rubber band on the band two uh, was breaking after significant use. I've I know many people who have had problems with this, 
And so there's no band three rumors and the band two is done. So they're not adding anybody to this environment. Now they are still updating the health app. So from that perspective, like the Android one, I think was just updated in September. Uh, and the iOS one was updated recently. The other kind of odd things the the health blog though, hasn't had any posts since June and while that doesn't sound like that's too long ago, if you actually look at the cadence of their posts, they were actually doing like three to four posts per month. Uh, just about, I look back, I think to roughly January and they had all these posts up through June and then all of a sudden they stopped. And so I, I don't know what's going on. And I just, I've, I asked Microsoft candidly, I'm like, Hey, I want to write a post about how the future of the health is kind of foggy because without the band, like being the hero device, um, I don't see Fitbit and Jawbone and all these guys, even though technically they can, you know, why would they champion Microsoft's app over their own, especially Fitbit? And obviously the Apple Watch is not tying into this stuff. So it's like, what is the future of the health app and that health platform? Now, don't confuse it with Health Vault, which is another Microsoft product, very similarly named, but not quite the same. Uh, I'm just specifically referring to the health app and that kind of stuff. So interesting. I don't really know where Microsoft is going with this. And I, uh, I was hoping they would have a comment to me back today, but they haven't. It's kind of a crazy week, uh, everywhere this week. And if anybody knows anything again about what's going on with the health app and the band and that scenario, it, I would love to know because it, it, there's a lot of people who really like the band. Like it's not honestly ignoring the fact that they had some rubber issues. It's not a bad device. It's more accurate than my Apple watch when it comes to step counting and running by a, a, a decent enough margin that I go running with this instead of an Apple watch. Um, so I know the band had, and it seemed like it was selling pretty well. Like I didn't get the, the feeling that the band was just like a ghost town environment type device. I saw them decently, uh, much more pervasive than, uh, the Lumia's. So I, I can't imagine that was the problem. And I don't, I don't quite know. Uh, I hope they build a band three. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people disappointed if they don't, but I've also been hearing kind of whispers and nothing really to confirm on that. Microsoft doesn't like being in the hardware business, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's completely true. I, I think there's certain segments they may not like to be in, but there's certain segments they have to be in. For example, Xbox, they, they're not going to give up Xbox at this point, considering how well, uh, at least in my opinion, I think it's been doing and they're not just going to hand everything over to Sony. Plus that would be terrible for the, terrible for the consumers because obviously we need competition, but yeah, health, who knows? Um, well, Microsoft knows, <laughs> hopefully I'll know soon. And I'm based on kind of the, the kickback I got from Microsoft when I got this, I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that we're not going to get like a comment says we're not going to comment on anything at this time like that type of stuff I like I really hope they kind of just be candid about this and um I don't know I I don't I don't really know but that's the health stuff that's what's going on that's what's going on in my wheelhouse and things I'm kind of diving into and uh we'll see what happens here other big things that happened this week actually Google dropped a new version of Chrome uh with material design and this is kind of a big deal actually. So Chrome, uh, whatever it's like Chrome 53 or something like that. Uh, just make sure you're running the latest version of Chrome and you'll have it. You'll tell, you can tell cause it looks different and there's fancy new animations. But one of the things that's new about it is actually the additional battery life. Uh, Chrome web browser for windows obtains about two hours of additional battery life on the same hardware compared to a year ago. So that's a big improvement. And you look at that and you're like, holy cow, two extra hours versus uh, the hardware a year ago on the same hardware as a year ago. That's pretty impressive. Now, what they didn't do 
what they didn't talk about is they did not compare it against edge and we all know that edge was making a big push saying hey look it gets a lot better battery life than chrome and so here's we got to read it behind a read between the lines a little bit but if they're not going to announce the figures against edge i'm guessing that they did the comparison and lost uh, why else wouldn't they right if it came out and said hey we get the exact same or we get better battery life than edge why wouldn't they they tout that i I can't they're not like so arrogant that they don't want to mention the the word edge like in a blog post or anything. At least I don't think so. I mean, good lord, Google, if that's true, that's you got some other issues there. But if you're a Chrome user, you're getting better battery life. That's just kind of the way it is. Uh <laughs> compared to the older hardware. If you it from what it seems like, if you want the best battery life, run edge on your laptop. That's uh, that's kind of the message it seems like they're sending. I, I might be crazy. I don't think so, but that's the way I interpret this information. But um, for now, though, I will continue to use at least use Chrome on my desktop because battery life doesn't necessarily matter to me on that on my Surface Book. That's a whole different uh, that's a whole different scenario, and I think I might be using Edge on that at least to, to make sure I'm getting the best battery life possible. Especially when I'm traveling, like this weekend. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you want the best battery life? Um, and while Edge is a great browser, Chrome does have some little bit better features, and I think it's a little bit more polished. But at the end of the day, Edge is good enough that you can substitute it for Chrome without any major concerns, at least at this time. So there's that. So big bombshell this uh, today, actually. Well, today being uh, when I recorded it, uh, this podcast I recorded obviously on the eighth, uh, late at night. Uh, so Mary Jo dropped a big bombshell today and this is things that I've been hearing floating around. I mentioned a couple times on this podcast, I was hearing some stuff going on this fall. I couldn't quite nail it down. It looks like Mary Jo beat me to the punch, <laughs> but I love Mary Jo. So good for her. Uh, it looks like she beat me to the punch and she's, she's putting in stone that she's hearing that there is a surface event or at least a hardware, a hardware event, I think is a better way to call it, uh, in late October, late October. And so what it's believed to be is the Surface All-in-One is going to be the big show pony for this event. And so, yeah, this is big news. And Mary Jo has a very, very good track record. So I completely believe her. And there's actually a specific reason why I really believe her. So uh, back in the spring, I had heard about Cardinal. Cardinal is a code name, I believe, of a Surface device. Is What is the information that I uh, was told? I said somebody, a source said, hey, dig in, look for Cardinal. That's kind of like the big thing. And that's really all the information that I had. And I, I, you know, I kept it on the back burner. And then Mary Jo is like, hey, uh, she wrote it in a post. She said the code name of this device uh, is actually Cardinal. And I was like, boop, there you go. Uh, puts all the pieces together. And so we had not really talked ever, I don't think, about this stuff. And so when she came up with Cardinal independently of me, that's when I was like, yeah, this is this is legit. Not that I want to believe her anyways, uh, because she is Mary Jo. Great track record. But Cardinal kind of solidified it for me. Uh, even even more information, and I've said this several times. So DigiTimes was actually the first to report this. Uh, they actually said earlier this year that Microsoft was going to launch a new Surface device, and I believe it could be, I believe they said Surface Computer, uh, and they specifically said Q3 2016. Now, we all know DigiTimes has a terrible track record with Apple rumors. That is, that is true. There, there's no question about that. But I, I still can have the conviction digitimes was the first person first site that said microsoft is building a tablet and this was what the tablet they were talking about was the surface rt so this is go way back what five years now 
And they were the first one to nail that rumor. At the time, obviously, DigiTimes had so much noise up. They've done better lately. But yeah, so DigiTimes actually earlier this year said uh, service all-in-one, service computer-like device coming in October. Now Mary Jo is saying it uh, with the code name that I knew but did not know the full details of. And yeah, so there we go. That's going to be really exciting. See, it looks like it's going to be late October, which makes sense to some things I had been hearing. Um, again, just go listen to some previous podcasts and you'll, you'll hear me mention that stuff. And so this is, this is awesome. This is really fun. This gives us something to look forward to. So there's other things that are going on too. So what about Surface Book Refresh? Uh, I, I have heard and I've reported many times and Mary Jo is reiterating um, and I think she's reported it many times a, the, the Surface Book 2 and Surface Pro 5 still not slated until 2017. Like that's that's been kind of the thing we've been running with. But the interesting thing is is Will Microsoft refresh the the internals, right? We got a Surface Book. They could swap out Skylink, which we all know Microsoft would cannot get far enough away from fast enough. Would they put Cabby Lake in there? It's an interesting question, right? Uh, Intel has already said they're shipping Cabby Lake, but many people like many people like myself, myself included, thought that Cabby Lake wouldn't really arrive until kind of like the CES timeframe. So Microsoft. Obviously, they have good deals with Intel because, hey, they got the Atom Cherry Trail and the Surface 3 uh, before anybody else in the market. So I guess it's feasible that they do get the Cabby Lake chip in the Surface Book before anybody else. Maybe maybe that's what they're going to run with. Uh, Intel might be throwing them a bone too by saying, hey, here's these new chips. We promise they're good. Uh, and then just upgrade that. And mind, mind you, it's, it's a decent upgrade, but it's not like some colossal upgrade. So this could be a chip bump for the Surface Book. Now, this is not the first time Microsoft has done this. I believe it was the Surface Pro 2. Now, I don't think they changed like architecture, but I know that there was, I think it was the Surface Pro 2 that uh, they actually did release a later version that had a slightly spec bumped chip. So this wouldn't be completely unprecedented for Microsoft to do something like this. It it has been done in the Pro line before, and I'm pretty sure it was the Pro 2. So, yeah, let's just kind of see what's going on with that. The other things that are kind of void, and I still have not heard anything, is Surface 3 and Band 3. This goes back to the health stuff that I was talking about earlier. We No rumors of a Band 3, uh, no rumors of a Surface 3 at this event either. And for those of you holding up for a Surface phone, more bad news. Mary Jo is saying, hey, she's thinking it's not going to come until much later. Uh, I think this really revolves around their strategy of Windows Phone, and they're trying to figure out what they're actually going to do here. Now, don't take this as that they're abandoning it. They're going to continue to add features and continue to upgrade Windows 10 Mobile. But just putting out simply new hardware with the Surface line, I don't think it's strong enough yet. I don't I don't think it's a... Surface is a good brand. Don't get me wrong. Surface is a great brand. I love the book. But I don't think just simply slapping the name Surface on a premium piece of metal is actually going to make Windows 10 Mobile sell in any sort of volume. Um, I, I realistically believe that. So, yeah. That, who knows? Um, well, Panos probably knows. But that's kind of, yeah. And that event, again, just to reiterate, late, late October is what it looks like it's going to be. So shifting gears here for a second, shifting gears here. It's impossible to go through this week. Uh, Apple had a huge event. Not going to reiterate all the specs of the iPhone. Um, You can go find those on millions of different sites, but they do essentially look like iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 uh, S devices. They probably could have called it the SE and nobody would have thought anything different. 
But the big difference is, right, are the new camera. Uh, they killed the, the headphone jack, which I'm... It, I can't say I love, but I can't say it, I'm, I don't know. It's going to be dongles everywhere, and they're going to probably make a ton of money. They, they created AirPods, which are wireless uh, earphone things for the very audacious and ballsy price of $160. So that's $80 an earpod, AirPod, whatever the hell they're called. Uh, if you lose one of those, I don't even know if you can buy just one. So... And I think they get five hours of battery life. Again, that's not great for somebody who's listening. Like, I've taken flights that are longer than five hours. Uh, I don't know. I don't think those things are... I don't think those wireless AirPods, whatever they're called, uh, are going to sell exceptionally well. But there they are. So, that's what's going on. iPhone 7. One thing that Apple did announce... Uh, during the event, or actually it was after the event, they said that they're not going to release the the sales figures of the phone like they've traditionally done. Uh, every year after the phone has gone on sale, I think since the beginning, uh, they've always released the pre-sale or the sales numbers, right? They say the first week in sales, record sales of the phone. And so they are not doing that this time, mostly because they already know that, hey, well, this is a good phone. It's not like a blockbuster, and they're not probably not going to break their records from last time. Interesting enough is that uh, the hype is already building that the next iPhone, because it's going to be the tenth generation or tenth anniversary, I believe, of the iPhone, is going to be like a, a massive change. And so that's kind of crazy to think that at this point everyone's like, okay, we just know this one's going to be like meh, and we're waiting on the next one. So that's probably going to impact sales quite a bit too. And the one thing that I, that I'll bring up too, <laughs> from the, uh, from the keynote, Apple said that iWork is popular. Just, just let that marinate for a little bit. Um, many assume that, uh, iWork had been given like the old yellow treatment, except for keynote, the, the actual app, that's their PowerPoint, um, had been given the old yellow treatment. But, uh, yeah, so they, they brought out uh, and talked about iWork, and it was they were promoting collaboration is now possible. You know, two people work on it, and everyone's going to say, hey, Google Docs and Office 365, and uh, i had this forever. This is really awkward, Apple. Welcome to, like, 2014. And then they're like, yeah, and iWork is really popular, too. And it's like, ooh, wow. It's the biggest lie of their whole thing. But anyways, you can go back and watch Tim Cook and company do all that stuff if you really want uh, other things that touched the Microsoft world this week, uh, Sony announced two new PlayStations, two of them. One of them had leaked uh, significantly, the PS Slim. It's just a $299, che uh, cheaper version, smaller, the PS4. But what's really interesting is the PlayStation 4 Pro. And basically it offers better VR experiences, 4K streaming. Um, <laughs> but uh, interesting enough, Sony's PlayStation 4 Pro cannot play back 4K Blu-ray discs like the uh, Xbox One S can that I have sitting right back here. But it's, it, you know, it's got a beefier graphics chip and it's a, a professional. It's the Pro. It's a better. So what's really interesting enough about this is not the specs of the device. That Now that Sony's kind of got this fragmented, and fragmented is probably not a fair word to use because it'll play all the games and they're forwards and backwards and compatible and blah, blah, blah. Is that... Microsoft and Sony are both taking this approach that consoles are no longer locked to like an eight-year eight-year refresh cycle. They're now putting out like 
more higher spec consoles at a faster rate. They're really just turning these things into like the PC kind of scenario, right? Where you're spending a couple hundred bucks every couple years to make sure you have the latest and greatest. And so that's, uh, yeah. So that's what's going on. And the PlayStation Pro 4 Pro, which is going to be the most powerful current gen console, is coming out uh, this holiday season, which is raises the point of how much of a jump is the Scorpio? We know that the Scorpio is going to be really powerful, but is it how much more powerful than the Sony PlayStation 4 Pro is it going to be? And now Sony is very clearly calling this a PlayStation 4 Pro because they don't want to call it the PlayStation 5 because they clearly must not think that it's a large enough jump in performance and enhancements to warrant that um, naming schematic. So we now have the Scorpio versus the Pro 4, or 4 Pro, sorry, bad habit there. Not even a bad habit, it's a good habit. That's a good machine, the Pro 4. But it'll be interesting to see the, the Scorpio versus 4 Pro uh, because the Scorpio isn't coming out until a year later. And many are kind of thinking that the Scorpio is like a generational type device, right? It's like the next gen of gaming, uh, as most people refer to it. So, hmm. It'll be interesting to see. Now, the thing is, is that Sony is going to have a year head start on a higher power gaming console. But I, I, my gut kind of tells me that the Scorpio is going to be a lot more powerful than the uh, PlayStation 4 Pro. Like, it's going to be significantly more powerful. So maybe that's not really... I, mean, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to compare them at this point. But we don't know enough about the Scorpio to say what it is or isn't at this time. And we really don't know what Sony has. But I can't imagine that Sony is going to come out next year and say, hey, here's the here's the PlayStation 5. I know you just bought the 4 Pro, but here's the 5. Um, I don't I don't really kind of see that happening. So, kumbaya to Sony. Uh, good job to them. And, you know, gaming competition is the best thing for all of us. And just like the Chrome, uh, when, when companies compete, the user wins. And so the fact that Sony is kind of beating Microsoft to the punch to have the most powerful console out currently... Uh, is good right now Microsoft has to respond don't get me wrong the Xbox One S is a very capable machine I don't I'm not going to buy a 4 Pro I don't I'm, that's just, I'm just not going to buy one um, so Xbox One S is still a great console no shame in owning one or buying one but we'll see what Scorpio has in store for it so been a kind of crazy week right guys i mean we had a, a playstation event we had an apple event we have surface stuff things are just kind of like running off the rails lately but that's kind of somewhat expected because we're getting close we're getting dangerously close to the holiday shopping season um, i know it's like nuts to think about but we're just a couple of weeks a couple months away from when people are going to like be going to the stores to buy up all the things that they're going to shove under the tree and what we're going to see now is companies start to come out with their uh, plans for the holiday shopping season. And Sony just dropped theirs. And so now we're starting to hear kind of rumors of what Microsoft has in store for the holiday shopping season. And don't be surprised to see more of this. And that's just the nature of being in early September. That's just that's just the time of the year. So uh, other kind of things that, that popped up in my world this week, <laughs> I, I got some really good... Uh, I guess it shouldn't really call it really good is that I've got some feedback saying, Hey, they had the same issues. Uh, very randomly trying to copy content in windows 10 just doesn't work. Like, you know, you highlight something, hit control C, go to the other app, hit control V and bam, nothing happens. Uh, let me know if that's happening to you. 
it's definitely happening to me and I can't reproduce it like consistently, but it seems like other people have the same problem. And that's really annoying because that's a very basic fundamental feature of Windows is copy and paste. And if that's not working correctly, uh, then we're basically jumping back into what Windows Phone 7, Series 7, I think it was called at the time, before Mango, going into the Wayback Machine here. I think it was Windows Phone 7 Mango update that brought copy and paste functionality to Windows Phone. Holy cow. Uh, That's, whew. Anyways, uh, the insider tip of the week this week, guys, um, next week when Microsoft pushes out a new build of Windows 10, they're running on a new provisioning system. So if you remember the last time they went to Redstone 2, the RS2 ring or release branch, it took a while for stuff to come to your machine. And so that's going to happen again. So just be patient. Be very patient about getting the Windows 10 update or the insider build. And I'm the worst person to say this because I'm the least patient person on the planet. But keep in mind that the provisioning system, when they do it, is going to be new, which means everybody kind of has to be reintroduced to it, and it might take some time for everything to show up. So that is your Windows Insider Tip of the Week. Uh, Next week should be a lot of fun. It's the week before Ignite. Oh, no, it's not the week before Ignite. Uh, It's two weeks before Ignite. Yeah, because Ignite is 26th and 27th, 28th. Uh, I already know my plans. I'm actually flying in, let's see, Sunday morning, and I'm leaving late Wednesday evening. So uh, Ignite, I believe, runs the whole week, but that is when I will be there. Let me know if you're going to be there. We've already got some small little side meetups going on, and I'd love to meet up with some readers and listeners. And as always, guys, thank you for listening. I very much appreciate it, and have a great weekend.